from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey guys, Steve here. You are listening to one of our original 26 episodes. If you've listened to any of our new episodes, you're going to notice that we're sounding a little different in these ones. Yeah, there's a reason for that. There is. They've been remastered. They have been remastered. Because they had a really annoying hum. Yeah, I mean, a huge thanks to uh, listener James for doing almost all of the legwork on this yes. thing. Yeah. You'll also notice if you had listened to what we're calling the Lost 26 episodes before, and you're re-listening now, the music and sound effects are gone. Yes, yeah. we've, we've gone back to straight audio. So, be warned, we sound a little different today than we do in what you're about to listen to. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh-huh. Bye. Okay, bye. Thinking Sideways. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hello there. This is, in case you're wondering, Thinking Sideways. We are the people who take on unsolved mysteries and we solve them. (laughs) (laughs) We're the best solvers in the world. (laughs) And, you know, and and sometimes, you know, in order to solve them, we have to sort of make stuff up. But no, actually, we try to solve them, but we usually don't succeed. Uh, Anyway, my name is Joe. Oh, I'm Devin. I'm Steve. And in this podcast, we're going to tackle our toughest mystery ever, which was, why did anybody ever buy a pet rock? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, it's going to be one of those nights, Okay, just kidding. And if you're one of those people, please don't be offended. I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, All right. What we're actually going to talk about is uh, a, a little incident that... One of our listeners recommended to us uh, the the Atlov Pass incident, which happened in Russia in the Ural Mountains back in 1959. It's one of those big, mysterious things. It's uh, rocketed around the Internet, uh, and, of course, it was rocketing around before the Internet existed, so there was a lot of speculation even way back in the day as to exactly what did in these nine intrepid ski hikers in Russia. A little background. These guys were their, – their leader was Igor – I'm not going to try to pronounce his middle name, uh, Igor Dyatlov. He was 23 years old. He was the organizer and leader of the group. Uh, and there were nine other people, one of whom dropped out due to illness, seven men and two women. And they headed off into the northern Urals to a place called the Mountain of the Dead. Which, of course, is... Oh, that's ominous. Yeah, I know. Well, no, it's, yeah, it's like one of those things. Hey, what do you say? You want to go for a little hike to the Mountain of the Dead? And you're like, Sounds like fun. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, apparently the, it's, it's actually Dead Mountain in the local dialect of the, the local natives there. And uh, it doesn't really mean like you're going to die if you're going to go there. It's not quite like Skull Island. Apparently, it means that it's kind of a, a place where nothing's really going on. Oh. From their point of view, if you, know, if you can't go up there and kill animals for food and pelts, then uh, it's really kind of useless. So they called it Dead Mountain because the hunt just wasn't so good. I know, I know. I, I love Mountain of the Dead and all yes. that stuff. Yeah. That, that, was, so that cool. was very cool. Yeah, I know. It is very cool. The expedition was actually re- to reach a mountain 
somewhat beyond the Mountain of the Dead. And this was just a little wayside, a little, just a little stopover for the night on their journey. And they were practicing for a, a more Arctic expedition. They were mm-hmm. actually getting a little practice for a serious, serious, like really kick-ass expedition. Uh, and it, was, it really tells you something about these guys. They must have been really hardy people to go off and just say, hey, this is going to be a little practice run and then head up a mountainside in deep, deep snow and, and camp overnight and all this stuff. And they know, were going to be gone for days. Was it in the wintertime that they did this too? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. They actually it was a, They left in they, – they actually set out in late January. Oh, my goodness. And they were due to arrive back uh, in about – February 11th, huh. and of course they were overdue getting back, but people were too alarmed because expeditions like this can be delayed, mm-hmm. obviously. And so, but after a while, people started sending out the alarm because these guys had not returned, and so eventually a search party was organized and sent up there. Uh, it eventually involved aircraft, helicopters, etc., and they eventually found one of their tents. The tent was in the snow; it had been. It was on the hillside about a mile above the tree line on the hillside of this mountain, the Mountain of the Dead, if I didn't mention that before. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, interestingly, uh, the, the tents had been slashed. They found one tent, and then they found, I believe, another. And that's one of the, the frustrating things about, about investigating this thing is, like, um, I don't know how many tents there were. Some refer to just one tent as if they all slept in one giant tent. But looking at the pictures, it doesn't look like any of the tents were big enough for mm-hmm. all the entire group. So, mm-hmm. sure. so I, I believe there were two, three, four tents, but I'm not really sure. It's um, frustrating. I mean, we'll have to travel to Russia to really find the well. It, the it is in, in you know, Soviet Russia during the Cold War era, mm-hmm. so a lot of suppressed details that in reports that have eventually surfaced, it's still yeah. hit and miss. Things are missing, so yeah. it's hard to say. So exactly. I wondered that too when I saw the pictures. Yeah. So how long? How long did it take before the rescuers finally found them? Uh, it was about three weeks. Okay. And, and um, they found the tent. They went down. They found footprints radiating away from the tents heading down the hill. Footprints? Like boot prints but, or like footprints? Footprints. Uh, you know, it's it, again, after several weeks of exposure to weather, it's, it's probably a little hard to tell. Okay. But there was there has been a claim that made that uh, it appeared that from the, the footprints that some of the people were not wearing shoes. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and again, it's like, you know, as always, and this is always the case, can't get up around the fact that people over the years have inserted their own little weird things into mm-hmm. these stories that may not necessarily be true. Sure. On the face of it, it appears that they, they went down the hill following the footprints. The footprints eventually disappeared, but they continued on in that general direction to the tree line. At the tree line, they find a big pine tree that well, there was a fire under. Well, the fire was obviously burned out at this point, but somebody had built a fire there. There was the, the branches of the tree had been torn off to about 15 feet up. Some of the accounts of this talk about the sheer panic that these people must have been in because they were running from some incredible horror that scared them out of their tent, made them run down the hillside in their underwear without boots on, and then they tried to scramble up this tree and tore off branches up to 15 feet high. Mm. (laughs) Okay, so they they found a few of the bodies there. Uh, There were nine overall. Three of the bodies they found further up the hillside between the campfire and the tents. And they appeared to be headed, had to have been headed, 
back up towards the tents. The four remaining bodies were found in a nearby ravine. Those bodies had suffered quite a bit of trauma. According to Soviet investigators, the cause of death was, quote, a compelling natural force, unquote. In other words, their chests have been, a couple of chests have been crushed, skulls cracked, etc. Gosh. Yeah. And so that has caused intense, specu- intense speculation about things like, you know, the abominable snowman, uh, Soviet military tests. Uh, one theory is that the local natives, I forget the name of them, uh, the local natives had, were offended that they'd, they they'd trespassed into their territory and so they had like brutally killed them. One of the, one of the bodies, one of the women that was found in the ravine was missing her tongue. So speculated that the same tribesmen had cut her tongue out before pushing her into the ravine. What, how, yeah. what, what was the proximity of the ravine to the, camp uh to to the camp and to the campfire it's like um so if the camp is up the hillside then you go straight down the hillside you find the campfire if you go left from there you go it's like several hundred feet and there's a ravine huh yeah not not far away uh the people found in the ravine were wearing pieces of clothing that had obviously been taken off the other the bodies of their compatriots it appeared that they died the last of all of them because they were out in the snow and the freezing cold because it was sub-zero. It was sub-zero. Uh, it was sub-zero. And these people, after their friends had died of hypothermia, then they took their clothes, obviously, because they needed to survive, and then mm-hmm. stumbled off, and God knows exactly what they intended to do. Uh, so anyway, like, uh, other other theories, let's see, there is um, con- a condition that when you, when you go into deep hypothermia, you stop thinking correctly, and you do things like taking your clothes off because you think you're too hot, and things like that. So that's another possibility. These people were just de- disoriented because of that. Was so, there any other weirdness about the bodies? So, supposedly, they scanned the clothes for radioactivity, and three articles of clothing out of all the articles of clothing in there were radioactive. Now, I'm not really sure. Uh, there's been a little debunking about that whole thing, and apparently... Some people say that the whole radioactivity thing was basically just inserted into the story later and it would never actually happen. I'm not really, I mean, it, to me, the, the whole thing about it was as if the clothes were, if three articles of clothing were radioactive, if they had, say, been exposed to radioactivity, then shouldn't... The rest of them have been? Yeah, shouldn't all their tooth, for example, the fillings in their teeth should be highly radioactive. Mm-hmm. And so and so I'm not really sure. And so that leads me to be, that leads me to be a little skeptical about the radioactivity thing. Sure. And, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember um, reading about this and they said that some of the bodies had a weird orange yeah. hue to them. And their yeah. hair had gone gray. Their hair had yeah. gone gray, yeah. yeah and, exactly. you know, I don't know how much of that is just... If you lay on your sun, I mean, I'm not sure what the effects of exposure in and of itself are, but uh, it has been said that they might have been deeply tanned because they were laying in the sun for weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> without their shirts on. So, sure. So that's, that's quite possibly what it is. The also, skin was discolored, not right. rotting because it's too cold, mm-hmm. but discolored. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm not sure what the effects of frostbite on your skin would be. I mean, if that would, that would discolor your skin also. Frostbite uh, well, the, usually fr- goes like, black. Yeah. black. Well, yeah. if it, if it, if it lasts. Long enough, yeah. but if you die, if you die, be- yeah, if you die before, then it might just discolor you a little bit. So yeah. I, you know, so I'm not really sure. But apparently, yeah, some of the family members did did say that they were sort of orange colored. Hmm. Uh, they might have just eaten a lot of carrots in the previous week. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, so the th- what are the theories? Can you really lay them out for well, us? Well, 
the most compelling theory is um, they they went to bed. I, nobody knows exactly when they, went, when they went to sleep, but it appears that this incident that set them down the hillside happened sometime between 7 and 11 o'clock in that evening. I'm not sure how anybody managed to extrapolate that, but okay, we'll take them at their word for that. I remember reading that what they had done is they examined the contents of their stomachs, mm-hmm. and they figure they if you're hiking in the day yeah. – and you're going to make camp before the sun goes down. Then uh-huh. At some point, you're going to eat and you're going dinner to eat, and then go to bed. And then go to bed. So if there's less than eight hours of digestion, then they can kind of give it a time frame. Okay. Yeah. That's how I'm guessing they know what the time frame is because yeah. a lot of things that I saw referenced that they looked at their stomach contents. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, so in the night, they were uh, presumably asleep in their tents or tent. What happened? They heard a noise. Somebody turns on a light, and in the doorway to their tent, there is standing a chupacabra. You mean the Yeti? No, a chupacabra. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. This is actually, this is actually, uh, so anyway, they are, of course, terrified that now there's, it's not. This is a theory that's out there. You're not just making this up. Well, I'll get to that in a second. Okay, (laughs) okay. Okay, so it's unknown whether the chupacabra uh, emitted a, a, a hideous cackling laugh or not. But what similar is similar to the one we just heard? Yeah. <laughs> but what is what is what is intensely speculated is that at that moment the chupacabra, without even asking if it was okay, pulled out a cigar and lit it. <laughs> now, we all know about the dangerous effects of secondhand smoke. <laughs> I have your answer, right. Steve. <laughs> so I can tell you if he's making this up or if this is an. Yeah, I know. Theory. I'm making it up. Okay, okay. So let's right, leave. Let's, the, let's get back to the. Let's to leave. The real the, let's leave Mr. Chupacabra aside. Okay. Uh, there has been talk about speculation, of course, about UFOs, um, and I'm not. I'm not really sure. So what's it's, the background? I mean, what what have you found that? People have said supports the UFO theory. I haven't found anything to support the UFO theory. I mean, the radiation, but I don't, I don't, so I, I don't really think that that's supported by the evidence. And see, so, now I've I've seen stuff that said that people had reported for months that they had seen weird orange glowing lights. Yeah, and that there was another group that was out at that same time, fifty miles away, that had seen an orange light flying around. Uh, uh, in the direction of the mountain that they were on on that very same night. Yeah, and so and so the you know speculation could be that um, a UFO shoes you know shows up, little green men pop up in their in their campsite and they flee in terror. But the problem I have with this theory is that it's twenty five degrees below zero, and so if if I, I'm, I've got to say if I have to choose between the possibility that the little green man is going to eat me which is just a possibility and the certainty that if i run off into the into the, the arctic cold with my no clothes on that i'm going to die i'm going to i'm going to hang out and see what the little green man's intentions are i mean it's it's not fees, it's not you know to me it's not credible okay so but, i i want to run down this path well, yeah, let's there's do it. some research yeah. that i came across that i'd like to to flesh out on this yeah. supposed ufo sighting in the area yeah uh and i don't have the the location markers to reference on this article that I found. But I think it was at the time they were testing their... It was a nuclear missile. Uh 
the R-47 is what I want to say it was mm. called. And they were launching it from a site that if you were to look at it on a map from where this other camp 50 miles away was, where this group of skiers was at, and then the launch point, the launch point sent it directly across all of them to what was known as a testing ground for nuclear missiles. So it's mm-hmm. very huh. valid that this other group said, we saw this strange orange light in the sky. You're right. It was a rocket. Yeah. It was the biggest rocket you had ever seen, and they had no idea because it didn't have any running lights. So all they see this orange glow. Whoa, yeah. It's this rocket, obviously in very, very low orbit because it's going, let's say, a couple hundred miles only mm-hmm. to mm. then explode, and they're going to test it. So that's why this other group of campers thought they saw this strange glow. Yeah. It was a nuclear test. Yeah, not even a nuclear test, just a rocket test. I, I mean, they, I'm sure they didn't have a warhead on that thing. They just yeah, it was, they were it was testing a, testing a lot. Ground yeah, they, they were, were shooting it. Yeah, and, so, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, it could easily have been that. I mean, the thing about, U, about UFOs is there's all kinds of stuff flying around up there. I mean, there's airplanes and helicopters and rockets and meteors and all kinds of stuff. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Other theories. Let me see. Uh, we, we, did I talk about the chupacabra? Yes. yes. Oh, oh, okay, I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's always a damn chupacabra. Uh, the other, well, uh, you know, the other theories is that they were confronted with some hideous something, God knows what. Um, there was that talk about, you know, why would they, why would they leave? Why would they flee their tents? You know, they, they left they, and without footwear, without. Mm-hmm. You know, their parkas without all kinds of stuff. Why would they do that? Well, and unless they were wrong, in, they cut their way out of the tent. They, they did. There was evidence that they cut their way out from the inside. Okay. And then, and then, fl- and then fled in terror down the hillside from whatever hideous unknown thing it was. And then tore, tore a bunch of branches off this tree, trying to climb the tree to get away from whatever this thing was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, there was a campfire right there they had tried to build. So, I mean, I think that it's pretty obvious the branches were torn off because they were desperately trying to get as much firewood as they possibly could to, to get a fire going. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the two that were found at the tree, that the, the first ones to die, uh, weren't their hands completely mangled from cold and then trying to burn? Break wood off, and they just they yeah. cut the holy heck out of themselves and tore their hands to pieces. Yeah, and one and one yeah, and one version of this of the story is telling they tore their hands to pieces because they were that scared of whatever it was that was uh, after them. But but really, more likely, they tore their hands to pieces because they were that desperate to get some firewood mm. right damn now. Right. <laughs> I think it's yeah. really what it was. Right. And so, and, and, and of course, the weakness of that theory, too, is it, it, it just speculates that some hideous unknown. Well, and there were still other footprints. Yeah, exactly. This, this, 
hideous creature. Which lends credence to the chupacabra theory. Well, well, this hideous creature left no footprints. Isn't there also, uh, and I think that you briefly mentioned this, which is also falls apart the face of no footprints, is the fact that uh, the local natives that were blamed for, in one version of it, were blamed for killing them. Yeah. a, there was no other people footprints, so yeah, where exactly. were they at? Exactly. B, those people, that same tribe, helped in the search for them. Yeah. And, again, in the tellings that are fantastical about, well, it's the you know the Yeti or whatever it is, mm-hmm. well, that creature punched them and, and broke their bones. Yeah, because well, the Yeti is so Well, if it was so people strong. doing it, it was too much force for a human to have exerted on another human without yeah. leaving, like, repeated beating marks or something. So. But again, this is all debunked by the fact that there simply are no footprints, no physical evidence whatsoever mm-hmm. that any of this happened. And frankly, motive is kind of missing. Well, for, what theories you know, have you come across about why her tongue was gone? Small animals or yeah. medium-sized animals for that matter. Large say, animals. I, I have mean, a, yeah, yeah. The, my theory is that, you know, yeah. they died. Uh, I, you know, the big mystery for me is this, like, first, why did they flee their tents? Because exactly. I think the timeline, the I can totally understand the motives, right? You're building a fire. You're cold as hell because you've got hypothermia. Uh-huh. You know, some of you are in certain states of more undress than others, you know. So some yeah. of you are like, all right, the threat is gone. We're going to go back up there, you know, freeze to death on your way up or whatever happened to them. You know, the other ones freeze down here. Everybody's just trying to survive. And then an avalanche comes along, kills these last four people in this ravine. They fall into a ravine or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah, they're killed I by an avalanche. I suspect an avalanche. That's, that's and possible. And then a small, you know, she dies with her mouth open. Yeah. A small animal comes along and is like, well, that's an easy thing to eat. Yeah, exactly. And just gnaws it out of her mouth. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. the rest of her is frozen. I'm not sure about the avalanche. Like, for example, I came across a site that supposedly debunked all all of this stuff and said mm-hmm. the shredding of the tents, for example, is consistent with just an avalanche. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is they found the tents. Mm-hmm. And so if they'd been smeared by an avalanche, uh, you know, I don't think that they would have been found ever. Yeah. I so mean, that was kind of my, so, my thought at the and, beginning was that they heard an avalanche coming. So they, you know, bailed. Yeah. But it was my original understanding of this story. I had never heard the part about the the fire down below that they Uh had survived whatever they originally fleed. It was my understanding that in the flight, you know, everybody died in Mm -hmm. some. No, actually some of them survived for a while. For a while. Uh, Yeah. So it was my understanding that I was like, I I always thought, well, this is obviously just an avalanche, you know, it could have torn the tents up a little bit. Mm -hmm. It could have been smaller up there and gained, you know, well, one of the, um, I actually have got to say that personally, mm-hmm. the avalanche makes the most sense to me. And, mm-hmm. and, and let me flesh this out. Sure. Okay. Um, so have, we've all lived in areas where it snowed a lot. So you've seen yeah. ice shift and, and big snow chunks move. Yeah. 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 And it's sometimes it's not a giant, giant traumatic, dramatic well, thing. And it, well, precisely, it can be a little bitty one. Right. Yeah. So here's here's what I. I've seen the photos where, because they recovered the cameras that they were taking pictures of themselves with. Mm-hmm. And somebody took a photo of them making camp. They didn't set their tents 
on top of the snow. They dug into the snow. Mm -hmm. They dug in what looks like a good two to three feet. Which you do, yeah. Which you do. Okay. There hadn't been any heavy snowfall in that area for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So now it's evidently been, I'm guessing, relatively for the area temperate weather. Mm -hmm. And now we get more snow. What happened to me would be that it wasn't a massive avalanche like you see on television, but more of this huge, let's just say, 500-meter chunk of ice that's buried down suddenly shifts Mm -hmm. and drops a couple of feet and shakes everything up and scares everybody and snow piles up and their tent kind of gets buried and so they have to cut their way out. Exactly. That was my theory too. It's yeah. Like, it's, yeah it's, okay, that's well, why it's, were, it's not yeah. a massive avalanche, but it's enough movement to get everybody in a panic mm-hmm. where oh, yeah. I don't want to take time to put all my clothes on. Oh gosh, the big one's coming and we got to get out of I here. Guess, yeah, yeah. I just think that like in that circumstance, if they're at all seasoned mountaineers of any kind, especially in Russia, right? Where it's cold as hell. Yeah. You you grab something. Um, you yeah. grab a parka, you grab your boots, you grab your your that's, sleeping bag. Well and that's, that's easy to say, but in the panic of the moment You're yeah. right. You just go. But, but you know, I you know that is the thing too, is I was I was speculating that it was exactly what you were talking about. Their tent got a little bit buried to where they had to hack their way out of it. And they were all scared, but at the same time, these people should be rational enough to know that uh, we're not moving anymore. There I might have be a couple extra seconds. Yeah, there might be there might be an avalanche right about to smack me. But if I run away now with no clothes and no shoes, I'm going to die for sure. For you know, and so Again, that's the though, part you're, that's still you're, you're putting rational thought into a very irrational situation. So I wonder. Well, actually, I have this question. Every time I've ever gone camping, you take a bottle of camping whiskey with you. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you take a, or if you're in Russia, maybe a, a bottle, bottle of, vodka. of vodka, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they found, if they were inebriated at all. You know, they had made camp yeah. for the night. Maybe they were, you know, having a drink or two. I think that if I were a little drunk, woke up to what I thought was an avalanche, uh, you know, I would probably, it, I would be more prone to believe that these people would just bail. Because I think that, you know, it's my impression that if an, when an avalanche comes, you can kind of hear it coming. So if you wake up in the middle of the night and it's shifted, but everything is still, still and quiet, you cut your way out and you're like, gosh, it's cold. I, you know, and I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. You kind of assess your situation. And I have been in situations in the outdoors of survival before, just personally. And I know that. If you were at all trained, if you're at all seasoned, the first thing you do when you're in that situation is you know to take the, like, five extra seconds to analyze your situation unless you're drunk. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, like, it's built in. It's second nature for you to take that extra five seconds to say, am I in absolute immediate danger or am I, you know, screwing myself over in the future? And, you know, that's really all it takes. And I don't know, you know, avalanches happen really fast and that's totally fair. But I think that... If they had any kind of experience with this, they would know well enough, in my mind at least, they would know well enough to just say, I'm grabbing something. Yeah. A backpack. You would think. Something, you, you know. You would think. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's also possible that uh, if, they, if their tent got buried for a while, then they were, and they were buried under icy snow, then 
you know, they were already, by the time they cut their way out, experiencing hypothermia on top right. of being drunk. Right. So that might so, have interfered with their thought processes just a little bit. But what it, it, but what, it does appear that they fled in panic, probably because they thought an avalanche was coming. They ran down. They yeah. tried to build a fire, and they built a fire. They succeeded in that. But then they realized, fire or not, they were screwed unless they got back and got their stuff. Three of them headed back up the hill, never made it. Got well, and those three, when their bodies were found, they weren't found together. Yeah. That was what, that's yeah. why they didn't, when, when they initially found the camp and then they found the tree, they didn't find those three bodies along the way. Those three people were like a hundred meters apart or something. Yeah, they probably were. Right. They were spread out. Like one dropped and the other, uh-huh. we got to go, gotta keep go. Going. Another, yeah. And I got to go. I got to go. And, and then, then, yeah. Finally, and, you know, fall yeah. down and can't do it anymore. Um, which were the three? that were found were one of them one of them was Dyatlov it was yeah one of them okay. was Dyatlov so that um, lends some credence to that theory if yeah. you know if the guy who's leading it who's probably the most clear minded mm-hmm. says alright it's me and like you two and we gotta go Let's and go. you guys keep, and you guys stay here and keep the fire going yeah. tear branches off the tree by the way and mm-hmm. keep it going and so and then as for the other ones uh, apparently they had taken clothing articles off the people that were left there by the campfire mm-hmm. who were wearing their underwear so they must have they must have all found each other, but then these guys, I don't know why, took off, wound up, uh, I think, in my opinion, that you're, if you're thinking about an avalanche, it's possible. It's, it's also possible they just fell, just into, fell a into a ravine, ravine. Yeah. and sustained you know, massive traumatic injuries. Well, that's the thing with ravines, and, especially when there's snow and ice covered. You don't see them, yeah. especially in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then again, I'm just going to keep poking holes in these theories, yeah. right? Is that I know mountain climbers and the way you go anywhere is you go in a single file line, mm-hmm. right? So like you're walking behind Ivan there, right? And he goes down. You're not gonna be like, well, I'll just keep walking, right? Because he's just like died. Yeah, unless your mind is fuddled from hypothermia, which is possible. I just you know? keep forgetting the hypothermia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, yeah, yeah, I mean, think about it. what's the best way to prevent hypothermia? Right. You huddle, huddle together, together and you hold each, and you share yeah. body. Warm. So if you're trying to ford through the snow and you're bunched up together yeah. and one person falls and you're all tangled together, yeah. uh-huh. you'll all go over. Exactly. That's a good point, you're too. You're knotted yeah. that's, together. That's entirely yeah. possible, too. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, any other thoughts, you guys? No, I, I personally, I, I lean towards the avalanche idea. Yeah, the, I really, I the, think that the, they, the, the, the mini avalanche. I mean, obviously, if a, yeah, if a, it wasn't a major if a full size major avalanche. Yeah, exposed, I, but, but I, I, that, that's been my thinking is that it's just a small avalanche buried them, scared the hell out of them, and yeah, you know, I think and, an ice sheet underneath where they were just shifted, yeah. and you know, whatever for whatever reason, panic. So that's that's the one that I go. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I'm willing to accept that with the added caveats of either either alcohol or yeah, they alcohol. were experiencing hypothermia a little bit. Yeah, from yeah. being cold buried. From yeah. Being yeah, yeah. Exactly. I still understand why they were sleeping in their underwear, but yeah, uh, that's when, I guess when, you you're, know. when you're camping out in the freezing weather, uh-huh. I, yeah. I understand that you take your shoes and socks off so you get good circulation when you're in the your sleeping bag. You keep your long but, johns on, but yeah, you keep your long johns. And heck, when it's really cold, I will sleep in pants and a, a shirt or yeah. two. Uh-huh. So I don't understand the you know, they were not in the actually, regular so clothes. I can that's tell really you weird. What my theory is. To add to your theory. Yeah. My theory has to do with their the events prior to them going to sleep. You know, they had dinner, right? Do you think they were they having had, an orgy? Is they that had, no, I think they were having their drinking vodka. I think they got drunk. Yeah. And when you're drunk, like, and you're with a bunch of people 
what do you do? Take your clothes off? Sometimes. Some yeah. people do. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're getting drunk or you like get in and you're suffering because you like get your hot flashes or whatever, you get in your thing and you take off your clothes because might be strip poker. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. I think that there. I think I suspect heavily that there was some kind of alcohol involved. And even if they and if they were taking clothes off, it was getting colder. They weren't feeling it because of the alcohol, and then they weren't feeling it because of the hypothermia. Yeah. You know, one of the symptoms of hypothermia is that you actually think that you're hot. Yeah. Often, mm-hmm. so you start to peel clothes off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. severe hypothermia. Yeah. Yeah. Now the reason the reason they were wearing their just their underwear is and and this is something I learned years ago camping as a Boy Scout and a kid and everything is that you actually stay warmer if you strip down if you keep your clothes on for some paradoxical reason you will actually be colder than if you're wearing your underwear. I don't think that's really. true. Yeah. No. It's it's totally the truth. That's yeah. weird. It's, it's, that doesn't. Yeah. That, doesn't that goes make against s- everything I've ever learned in survival training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's ever. true. I mean, yeah. That's, uh, that, All right. Well, you two that, can hash it out. Later. That is. Uh, I, well, uh, that's a whole subject for another episode. I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I think mean, it might be. Yeah, that is like that was at, at least back, uh, you know, two three decades ago. That was the accepted wisdom: is that you will stay warmer if you strip down to your shorts hmm. than if you hmm. keep than if you keep all your clothes on. So that's my speculation as to why they were in their shorts. Okay. All right. Okay. So mystery solved. Yay. Congratulations, you guys. Good job. (laughs) All right. Actually closer than we usually get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think this one is uh, not not exactly open and shut, but but I think we came close to it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So anyway, if you'd like to contact us, and I know you do, our email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to check out our website, it is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. Uh, anyway, so anyway, check out our website uh, for it's lots got of links on it. It's got links to the show and lots of other unsolved mysteries out there if you haven't listened to us before. Okay, and also uh, a shout out to Andrew, our listener, who suggested this topic for tonight. Yeah, thanks season. again. That, this was a good one. I yeah. I know when we talked about it before, I hadn't heard this one, and this was definitely a really interesting you one. You know, it was actually an amazing coincidence. I had stumbled across this like a week before we got the suggestion from Andrew, and, and that was like the first I had ever heard of it. An interesting little mystery. Yeah. Which, of course, yeah. we solved. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, like, I like getting, you know, listener suggestions. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. I think it's great. People, Absolutely. Know, they, people find things all the time that we don't know about. Yeah. And yeah. I, I love to hear from folks. I mean, I, we've, we've gotten stuff before, so it's great. Absolutely. And Andrew, after you've heard what we have to say about it, if you think we're full of it, uh, we'd like to hear from you again, please. Anyway, that's it for now. Uh, I'm Joe. Goodbye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 